My name is Asphira Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in on this show, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. So, big news. The Breeze in the Trees won an award. What's the Breeze in the Trees, you may ask? Great question. I ask the same thing. The Breeze in the Trees is the name of this radio station. I know. I forgot, too. I'm used to just saying the Towering Forest radio station, but I guess that's just the place, not the official branding. Anyway, whatever we're called, we won this year's Excellence in Radio Prize, awarded by the Grevlonian Committee for Giving Out Awards. And even more excitedly, exciting-ger, excite I was excited to find out that I was invited to the award ceremony. Everyone who has a show at the station was invited. Proven, our station manager, was also invited, but he didn't want to go. We had a long debate about it, which mainly consisted of me saying, go, 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 for 20 minutes and him ignoring me. In the end, I couldn't convince him. Fiel, our station manager, also didn't want to go. I was a little nervous because I didn't really know any of the other show hosts, but I figured this would be a great opportunity to meet some of them. So this year's award ceremony actually took place here in the Towering Forest, so thankfully I didn't have to travel far to get there. Oh, Mom made me this really gorgeous dress. It was uh, green with flowers, and it had this long cape. She made sure to make the cape not reach the floor when I wore it because I definitely would have tripped over it if it was. I didn't even have to request it. She just knew. All of us Breeze in the Trees hosts sat at the same table at the ceremony. Like Garwin and Myra, the hosts of Goodnight Grevlon, who I'd met before. They are very cool. Also intimidating. But it was nice to have them at our table. At one point, someone from the Sundar radio station was like, Hey Forest Radio, you're going down! Which was pretty rude. First off, we have multiple names and Forest Radio isn't one of them. Also, the awards ceremony had, like... 50-something different categories, so you'd think that the radio folk would maybe be a little more supportive of each other. Anyway, they said that to us, and Garwin and Myra kind of just stared at the person, their eyes glowing purple, and the person suddenly looked very scared and hid under their table for the rest of the ceremony, which was kind of disappointing because I wanted to make a face at them when we won. I met a bunch of other hosts for the first time, uh, Perg from Perg's Cricket Hour, Deladwin, Isolne, and Veet from Elves by Themselves, uh, Garzanath the Horrible, first of his name, Crusher of Skulls, from Garzi's Craft Corner. Such a sweet guy. Oh, and Rizla from The Biz with Riz gave the speech when we went up to accept the award for the station. There was a moment when our category was announced when everyone at the table suddenly realized that if we won, one of us would have to give a speech, so we all elected Rizla to do it. Well, Perg nominated himself, but he was outvoted. And we voted well because Rizla gave this incredible speech about radio and connecting with people and tipping your servers. It was incredible. I could have never just come up with something like that off the cuff. I would have just been like, um, ah, uh, er, uh, 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 thank you. Anyway, great night, great people. And now I can say that if you want to send your letters into Dear Lisfira, you can send them to Dear Lisfira at the award-winning Towering Forest Radio Station. You don't have to write a word winning on the address, though. Actually, it's probably better if you don't. We don't want to confuse the postal workers. Okay, let's get into our first letter. This first letter comes from Budaval. Budaval writes, Dear Lisfira, Okay, so yesterday when I went to sleep, there weren't any pits around my house, right? But this morning I woke up and found this giant pit in my yard. There's a dark purple mist that's floating out of it, and I can't see more than a few feet down before it turns totally dark. 
I dropped a rock into the pit and I didn't hear it hit the bottom. As I stood next to the pit, I started to get a very strong feeling that I should jump in. It was almost like a voice was whispering in my head, telling me to jump. Which was weird, because I don't normally hear voices in my head. It's usually pretty quiet up there, if I'm being honest. I was about to jump into the hole, what? But then I remembered that I hadn't eaten breakfast yet. I don't like jumping on an empty stomach, so I went inside to eat. Now that I'm not standing next to the pit, I don't really have the urge to jump in anymore, but I'm still considering it. You give good advice, so I figured I'd write in and get your opinion should I jump in. Thanks, Budavol. No. Do I need to say more? I I feel like, no, you should not do that. That makes sense, right? Like, let's not, don't. Don't jump into the mysterious, probably enchanted pit that just appeared in your yard overnight. Do not do that. Did you really need me to tell you that? Also, don't go near the pit anymore. The pit wants you to jump in. Don't trust a pit that wants you to jump into it. That's weird. I could try to stretch this advice out longer, but I feel like that's all there is. Just don't go near any strange pits. That's, yeah, that's really all I have for that. Reuben, should I try to stretch this out? I don't I don't even have any stories about jumping into mysterious pits because no one should be doing that. Hang on. I don't really have the urge to jump in anymore, but I'm still considering it. Okay, I'm not convinced that my message will get through. But of all, I need you to listen very closely. Do not go near that pit. Now you might be thinking, oh, okay, I'll keep that in mind as I go wandering back to the pit. No, do not go back to the pit. I'm serious. But of all, I'm serious. Do not. Okay, that's all I can do, I think. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. Our next letter comes from RQ. RQ writes, Dear Lysphera, My partner's birthday is coming up, and our friends want to throw them a surprise party. Our friends are really excited about this, but I'm not too sure it's a good idea. My partner is a sorcerer, and every time they're startled by something, they reflexively shoot a fireball at it. Last year, when they were sick, their great-aunt sent them a get-well card that was enchanted to explode into little fireworks after it was opened. What was supposed to be a harmless mini-fireworks show turned into my partner shooting a fireball at the card and almost burning her house down. A few months ago, we went to my nephew's birthday party, and a child blew a party horn a little too close to my partner's ear. Oh, no. And, well, everyone was fine. A little singed, but fine. I've expressed my worries to our friends, but they don't seem concerned. However, they're planning to throw the party at my house. I'm supposed to bring my partner there for the surprise, but I'm afraid they'll be so startled by everyone jumping out and yelling, surprise, that my house might get fireballed. Is there a way for me to not ruin my friend's party for my partner without my partner accidentally burning down my house? Thanks, RQ. Well, I love surprise parties. My curse is that I always know when someone's throwing one for me, so it's never really a surprise. Oh, it's not a real curse. At least, I don't think it is. I should look into that. Anyway, I always let the people throwing it think they've surprised me, just to make them feel good. So that could be one solution. Tell your partner in secret that this surprise party is happening, and then just have them act surprised when you show up. I'm sure they don't want to burn down your house as much as you don't want them to, so they'd probably appreciate the heads up. And your friends can still feel like they pulled off a great surprise. Of course, it's possible you or your partner might not be as comfortable lying to your friends as I am when my friends and family ask me, were you surprised? And I'm like, Nara's alive, yes! This is so surprising and surprisey. Grab your crayons and color me surprised because that is what I am. What was I saying? Oh, 
If you don't want to do that, you can try to compromise with your friends to come up with a surprise that won't necessarily startle your partner. Maybe, instead of them jumping out and yelling, surprise, they can just, like, be there, quietly smiling and holding a sign that says, happy birthday. Still a nice surprise, but maybe it won't startle your partner into fireball mode. Personally, I like the second idea best. Who said surprise parties had to be startling? The party will still be a surprise, even without the sudden yelling and loud noises. Plus, you'll save money on party horns. Yeah, definitely don't let anyone bring any party horns. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break to hear from a sponsor, and then we'll be back with a caller. If you need some advice, just tell your speaking plant to call Dearless Fira at the Towering Forest Radio Station. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hello there. My name is Dr. Corbelia Danigat from Sonial Hall University on the West Forgen campus. I'm leading a research team that's been assigned to investigate the unusual effects of this year's Great Rogbin Tree pollination. The Great Rogbin Tree, a staple of West Forgen, went through its once-a-decade pollination period at the beginning of this year. Not to be confused with the Just Okay Rogbin Tree, which is very small and has a fairly inconsequential pollination period. Being a tree of such great size, the pollen of the Great Rogbin Tree can travel very far throughout Grevlon. It recently came to the attention of West Forgen officials that a local potion seller had been emptying their expired potions at the base of the Great Rogbin Tree. Because of this, and some reports we have been collecting from various regions that would have been exposed to the pollen of the tree, we hypothesize that the pollen of the tree has been affected by the stale, but still potent, potions. Taking wind patterns into account, the areas that received the most pollen this year would be West Forgen, South Forgen, North Forgen, the Lower Marshlands, Foff, the Crystal Caverns, Sundar, the Northern Groves of the Towering Forest, Gelfire, the Fairy Gardens, and possibly East Forgen, if the pollen was able to pass through its mysterious magical barrier. Please tell your speaking plant to call Dr. Corvelia Danigap at Sonial Hall University if you spent any time earlier this year in any of the previous stated areas and have experienced any of the following symptoms. <clears throat> Backward sneezing, perpetual morning breath, sudden ambidexterity, enhanced hearing, dehanced hearing, hearing colors, hysterical applause, tingling fingernails, repeating someone else's joke but louder, loss of footprints, a fear of liminal spaces, misplaced shadow, feeling lost but refusing to ask for directions, distrust of lawyers, visions of your pet's previous life, forgetting your cousin's birthday, clothes not fitting, clothes not fitting, feelings of deja vu, sudden and startling promptness, tone deafness, mismatched socks, loss of sense of humor, and or a running nose. Again, if you've experienced any of the previously stated symptoms and believe you were exposed to pollen from the great Rogbin tree, tell your speaking plant to call Dr. Corvelia Danigap at Sonial Hall University. Thank you. And we're back with Dear Lesphira. And we have a caller on the vine. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey, Lesphira. I've only listened to your show a couple of times. I find your voice a bit shrill. And what's your name, manifestation of my deepest insecurities? Sorry, my name's Gawai, and I have a curse on me that makes me always tell the truth. Oh, okay. For a second there, I thought you were the Chattering Grove calling in. The what? Oh, they're just these trees that can read your insecurities like a book. A thing I wish they would just be turned into already. You want them to be turned into insecurities? No, a book. Right. This is uninteresting to me. Can we move on to my issue? I can tell you're going to be fun to talk to, Skoway. I have this curse that makes me always tell the truth. 
My ex-girlfriend put it on me a few years ago when she thought I was secretly cheating on her. Oh, no! Why did she think that? Because I was secretly cheating on her. Yeah, I walked right into that one. That was a different time, though. I've taken a lot of time to work on myself as a person. I'd never cheat on anyone now. Have you tried to get the curse broken? Yeah, but every curse breaker I've gone to says it's impossible to break without a lock of my ex's hair. I used to have a lock of her hair and a necklace she gave me, but she took that back when she cursed me and broke up with me. And then she moved to the other side of Grevlon. Taking her hair with her, I assume? That's a dumb question. Wow! Sorry, sorry. So, wait, what does that mean? If your curse makes you only tell the truth, does that mean my question was objectively dumb? From what I understand, no. The truthfulness comes more from my own truth. So I can't say your shirt is beautiful to someone if I actually think their shirt is ugly. Because even though it's not based on fact, the ugliness of the shirt is true to me. Lesphira? Sorry, I was looking at my shirt and trying to decide if you were talking about it. Forgot you can't see me. Yeah, it was just an example. So, feels silly to ask, but what exactly are you looking for in terms of advice? How to break the curse? That'd be nice if you had any ideas, but that's not why I called. I've come to terms that I have to live with this curse, unless my ex lifts it or if it wears off naturally. My issue is, I'm starting to date again, and it's really hard to get a second date when you can't lie. Explain. I don't mean lying to them, like, in a deceitful way. I mean, like, fibs, you know? White lies. Let, like the shirt thing. If my date walks in wearing an outfit I don't like, I already know it's game over for me. And I'm very judgy when it comes to fashion, so... Well, can't you just talk about things you feel comfortable being truthful about? And avoid topics where you know telling the truth isn't going to get a positive reaction? You mean, like, if I think my date has unusually small hands... I should just try to not talk about their hands? I wasn't talking about your hands. Right, I knew that. Yeah, I mean, why would you bring up their hands anyway? I don't know. I guess I get in my head trying so hard to not think about something that it becomes the only thing I can think about. Then before you know it, I'm blurting out something rude. It sounds like you just need practice. You've been out of the dating pool for a while. You just have to get more comfortable in your own ability to avoid topics where your truth could cause harm. But I don't want to keep going on dates just to practice. I'll just keep insulting people. Do you have friends you could practice with? I've lost a lot of friends because of this curse. But yeah, I have a few who'd probably help. Well, try that. With enough practice, I'm sure you'll be able to get a second date. Okay, if you're sure. Well, it's better than the first idea I had. What was that? Well, can you sing? Play any instruments? I can sing a little. And, ironically, I'm pretty good on the lyre. You can laugh. I'm not laughing. That's a lie. Yeah, I'm laughing. So what was your idea? I was just wondering. <clears throat> if you can't tell a lie, can you sing a lie? Thoughts? I don't think you'd want to hear them. Oh, come on! I'd rather not. Just try to sing one little lie. I think this is really good advice. No, sing a lie. It worked! Oh! Oh. This is incredible! So now, if you wanted, you could grab your lyre and sing about your date without worrying about whether you believe what you're saying is actually true. Wow! I might actually try that. Thanks, Lesphira. Truly. 
Of course. Happy to help. Good luck. Thanks. And honestly, your voice isn't really that trill. Oh, thank you. Wait, why did you sing that? Bye. Hey, say that again without singing. Squay! Oh, man. Well, I guess that's all the time we have for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Liz Fira. Next up we have... Pop, pop, pop. What's... what? Oh, sorry, mispronounced it. It's... We'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and... Tell the truth when you can. Unless you want your friends and family to think they actually surprised you on your birthday. Bye! Stick around till the end of the episode for a special message from Katie. Thank you for listening to Dear Lesfira, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lesfira and the sponsor were voiced by Katie Siegel. Squay was voiced by Frankie Marone. And I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute and leave a kind review on the Apple Podcast app. If you do, truthfully, Katie can't do much for you other than continue making this show. But she'll really appreciate it. For more Dear Lesfira, check out at Dear Lesfira on TikTok. You can also follow at Dear Lesfira on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye. Hi, listeners. Next episode is going to be the season two finale of Dear Lesfira. I cannot believe how fast this year went. I'm so happy I've been able to stick to the posting schedule this year. And I hope you've all been enjoying that consistency as well. That being said, I do need a couple months off to prep and plan for season three. So after the November 1st finale, Dear Lesfira will take a two month break and return on February 1st, 2023. Last year's finale was so much fun with a segment of Lesfira reading messages from your original Grevlonian characters saying how much they enjoyed the show. So we're doing it again. There's a link to a Google form in the description of this episode, as well as in the Dearless Fira link tree, which you can find in the bio of any of the DL socials. There, you can submit a character name, what kind of folk or creature they are, and also your name, if you'd like to be thanked at the end of the episode. There'll be some other rules and notes in the form, so go check it out. Even if you're not interested in sending a character, still check out the form. There are a few other questions on there about the possible future of the show that I'd love audience feedback on. As always, if you're listening to this way in the future, it's too late now, but feel free to make up a character anyway. We'll probably do this again until someone makes the most perfect character of all time and I have to shut this whole operation down because why even go on after peaking like that? I can't wait to see your characters. Looking forward to the finale. And after that, season three. Ah! I can never say it enough. Thank you so much for listening. I love making this podcast and I can't wait to make more for you in the future. Talk soon. Bye.